back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. Welcome back in. Peter Sampson in for JC. He's down in Vegas, the Pac-12 championship game, which is about to get underway. Portland Trailblazers, they're in a, I'm not going to call it a free fall, but they've lost seven of eight. Things are not going well uh, for Portland. I know some fans are uh, stressing. Some fans are gripping. I'm not there yet, but the uh, the hits keep coming. Portland might be getting Damian Lillard back uh, against the Pacers, but now the news com- comes out. Nasir Little out, uh, expected to be six weeks with a uh, mild femoral head impaction fracture. Basically, he uh, has a little fracture in his hip right there. Uh, not great news for a banged-up team. Here to talk about it uh, from Rose Garden Report, my friend Sean Hyken. Sean, man, first of all, did I see you were at the Patty Smith show yesterday? I was. I was. How, I, I, that, I, how was it, man? Was it good? It was cool. It was. It was. It wasn't really, like really a concert. It was mm-hmm. more so she was, I guess, touring to promote her new book. Which they they actually I haven't looked through it yet, but they actually gave everybody who went to the show a copy of the yeah. book, so I have it. But it, it's basically a type of thing where like she took a picture every day for a year and like wrote stuff about it, and then and then part of the show last night, like it was it was it was a thing presented by Powell, so. It was like a half show, half book tour thing where like she did perform a few songs, but a lot of it was her like talking about the book, but it was interesting. Like she's a legend. I'm glad I got the the opera, you know, she's in her mid seventies. So, you know, whenever somebody's that old, you, you want to take the opportunity to see someone like that while you have the opportunity. So I'm glad I went. It was really cool. though. It was interesting. That's awesome. Yeah. That same mindset. I've kind of uh, fallen into that this year with a lot of these acts. I don't know how much longer they'll even be touring or even with us. Like, so just in the last few months, I took my eight year old, the Ringo star. He's a huge, you know, Beatles fan. I got no love right. for the all-star band, but it was actually really, really fun. And you go, man, he's 82. Uh, last month, I went and saw The Who as well. And, you know, it's funny. I remember, you know, being a little punk rock snotty teenager, you know, like making fun of my dad when he was excited that the Eagles got back together or something like that. Now here I am uh, getting stoked when I get finally a chance to see some of these legacy acts. Man, I saw The Who in like 2005 or 2006, and Roger Daltrey's voice was already gone back then. I can't even imagine how it was now. I'll, I'll tell you. So it he looks like a grandpa, like in Boca Raton, in like a white sweatsuit, and it wasn't right. great. But then, and won't get fooled again, man. The uh, they they hold the break for a long time, and he chugs a bunch of water and stands there for 30 seconds. He nails the scream. And then he had to chug a bunch of water again, and then was mediocre. So I think everything was just built up to that one 10-second scream. I guess so. I saw Roger Waters a few months ago at the Rose Garden, and it, it was it was it was good, but def- definitely like he had some of the backup singers doing a lot of the heavy lifting for him. So yeah, you know it it happens. It comes with it. Real yeah. quick, I, I do want to talk Blazers and the big Nasir Little news, but I always have to ask you what you're listening to these days. You I, you have impeccable taste. What's uh what's doing it for you right now musically? Well, I'm actually going to see the in a, in a couple of hours after I get off with you. I'm actually going to see the new pornographers at mm. the, uh, Aladdin Theater. So I've just been going back and revisiting some of that stuff lately. That's awesome. I didn't know that they, they were at the Aladdin. That's a nice, intimate venue to see them. That To me, yeah. that's an underrated band, too. Like, I know they're big in, in like, quote-unquote indie circles, but I always felt like sure. they need a little bit more love than they got. 
And they're they're good live too. I've seen them before. I've seen Nico a couple times solo. Mm. It, it, it should be fun. Nice man, enjoy that. Well, I will. Uh, I will talk some Blazers with you. I don't want to take too much of your time, but what's going on with this team, man? Like you knew that eventually corner threes were going to start actually falling against them. Game winners might stop going, but. I said the way that they were playing earlier this season was pretty sustainable because it was so much of it was defensive effort. But is this let up a case of letting their foot off the gas, some things regressing to the mean, or are they just really banged up and going through a rough stretch of the schedule right now? I don't think it's an effort thing at all with them. I, I think, and I think part of that is because over the summer when they were revamping the roster, there was a lot of self-selecting for the types of guys that you don't have to worry about the effort with. I just, they're, they're gumming any 82-game season. The only team I can think of that never went through any kind of a rough patch during an 82-game season was the Warriors the year they won 73 games, or like maybe a couple of those years after that when they had Kevin Durant, but the team just was like dominant from the start. Every other team in the NBA, good teams, bad teams, mediocre teams, whatever the case may be, even like some of those LeBron Miami teams went through stretches where you know they didn't look good for a couple weeks and you know the Blazers are incredible as you said they're incredibly banged up right now every you know with this Nasir Little injury and he had already missed the last game uh when he first had the hip injury but with the Josh Hart ankle injury where he missed uh last night's game or not last night uh was it last night no it was two nights ago against the Lakers I'm sorry I'm getting my dates all mixed up because this week is running together but (laughs) He missed the he missed their most recent game against the Lakers. He was the only one of their rotation players at this point in the season that hadn't missed at least one game up to that point. Nurkic has missed a couple of games. Dame obviously has been in and out with the calf thing. Anthony Simons missed a couple of games with uh, the foot thing early on in the road trip. Jeremy Grant missed a game. Nurk has missed a couple of games. Drew Eubanks missed a game on the road on, on, on that last road trip. Like pretty much everybody, Justice Winslow, like. Everybody who has like gotten real minutes for the Blazers this season has missed at least one or two games, if not more, at one point or another, which, you know, I don't want to sit here and say, oh, you know, the Blazers should just, you know, use all that as an excuse for how they're playing. But, you know, because every team is going to go through that stuff during, you know, over the course, like I said, of an 82-game season. But they have had a lot of guys out of the lineup and a lot of key guys at a lot of different times. Yeah, see, that's where I look at it. I mean, they're still 500. They had one of the toughest schedules so far in the NBA, and they had no Damian Lillard for half of it. Uh, At what point would you start to worry? I know a lot of Blazer fans are gripping a little bit, and I think it's just because of the whiplash, right? You're not looking at the overall season so far through 22 games. You're saying, well, we've lost 8 of 10. But, I mean, I'm personally not going to be worried unless there's uh, more you know, major injury news, or you look at this December schedule, which on paper doesn't look too difficult, and maybe you continue to uh, lose more games than you should. At what point do you start to worry? What I've said since August, so the schedule came out in August, and that's when you kind of start to look at it and map out, okay, this is where you're going to check in on this, and this is where you want to, you know, you want to be at a certain point. I said at that time that if they are, at 500 or even within range of 500 at Christmas, they're fine because look at the early part of their schedule. The teams that they've played so far, you know, they, they played, you know, they played Phoenix three times already. Phoenix has been the best team in the West so far. They played, they played Denver. They're playing Denver again coming up. They played Milwaukee. They played Cleveland. They played 
uh, you know, you just just go down the list of teams. They've played a lot of good teams, and they've they've already had one uh, six-game road trip. They had a four-game road trip that included Cleveland and Milwaukee, who are the best teams in the East. And they have another six-game road trip coming up before Christmas that starts in a couple of weeks. So if they can just get through that schedule, the second half of their schedule, like, like basically after Christmas, the month of January, I think they have, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they have like 10 or 11 home games in the month of January. And a lot of their games post-trade deadline and post-All-Star break are against like the Oklahoma Cities and the Houstons and the San Antonios and the types of teams that you should beat. And even if those some of those teams look tougher than expected right now, by then those teams are going to be fully in the victor uh, sweepstakes mode and resting guys. And so they should be able to pick up a lot of wins there. So I said the whole time that if they could just get to 500 and tread water by Christmas, they're in great shape. And I still think that like I going back to, you know, I, I said this, like they look terrible in the preseason. There are a lot of people online. You know, I follow, you know, what fans are saying online, just like everybody else does. A lot of people were saying, Oh, this team sucks. Like they need to blow it up now. Like this, this I, I said it after that preseason where they didn't look good that, you know, that wasn't indicative of anything, and I think and I thought they'd be fine. And then they start off the season 10-4, and four, and I was saying, you know, I think they're good, but I don't think this 10-4 and four start means suddenly they're a title contender. And now what? They've lost seven of the last eight. I still, my expectations for them are kind of still where they've been the whole time. I'm not, you know, like you said, barring some sort of, you know, if like, like okay, like let's say Damian Lillard has like a real long-term injury and misses a lot of time. Mm-hmm. That obviously would change some things, but... You know, barring any of these guys having a real long-term injury that's really going to keep them out an extended amount of time, I'm they're they're right where I thought they'd be. They're right where I expected them to be, and their schedule is only going to get easier from here. So I think overall, they you know this last couple of weeks and you know the losing streak and all these injuries haven't been ideal, but overall, I think they could be in a lot worse shape considering the amount of injuries they've had and the types the types of teams they played and the amount of road games they've had. Like I I think they're fine. Sean Hyken, Rose Garden Report. You mentioned the injury, so of course the news came out just, what, about an hour ago now. Nasir a little out six weeks with that hip injury. I mean, obviously we've already covered Blazers banged up. What does that do rotation-wise? And obviously you feel bad for Nasir. You had an excellent, it ended up being a two-parter, interview with uh, Nasir over the summer. Aside from just, I root for the Trailblazers, therefore I root for Nasir. I'm rooting for him, man, because like I don't really want to call him injury prone. It's been so much unrelated stuff. It feels like it's just kind of a, a you know bad luck, the luck of the draw that it's happened. But you feel for this guy so much. He's worked so hard. So I mean, you've obviously spoken to him, and you can sort of relate that he was he was coming. This was going to be his year. You know, he had said as much. And then what does this do rotation wise? How do the Blazers fill those minutes? Well, you're absolutely right that he just keeps having these sort of unrelated setbacks with health stuff and a lot of just kind of freak stuff. And it sucks for him, but you know, and the, you, you kind of, you, you know, just from the perspective that he has about this stuff, remember he's about the, right before the regular season started, he signed a four year, $28 million extension. And, you know, the kind of the snap reaction to that was, wait, that's way below what his market value would probably be if he hit restricted free agency. And we talked to him about it the day that it did happen at practice. And this was kind of consistent with, you know, I've gotten to know him a little bit. Like you said, I did that interview with him over the summer, but like I've gotten to know him a little bit over the last, you know, six months or so. And it was consistent with his perspective where he was like, look, I want to be in Portland. I could probably make more money if I hit free agency 
But, you know, $28 million is a lot of money. I'm just going to take that one <laughs> in front of me. And now, you know, you look at this, you know, but what if he hadn't signed that extension and said, I'm going to bet on myself and make more money. And then he has this injury that keeps him out six weeks. That probably hurts, you know, what he'd be have to be able to get in free agency. So now at least like it sucks for him. And I, knowing him, I know, you know, how much this is hurting him and how much he wants to get back out there as soon as possible. But at least he already got paid and he got the long-term security. and He doesn't have to worry about his contract situation in addition to worrying about rehabbing this injury. So there's that. That's the personal part of it for him. But as far as the rotational stuff, uh, there's, there's a couple things here. One, we don't know yet when Gary Payton II is going to come back. I think it's will probably be in the next week or two. And if there's not, if he isn't back in the next week or two, then you can actually start to worry about it. But I think he'll be back soon, and that'll obviously help. And then the other guy to keep an eye on to me is Jabari Walker, who, you know, second-round pick, standout of Summer League, has looked really good when he's gotten out there because he's gotten in in a few of these games when different guys have been in and out, but he just hasn't been able to get a lot of minutes because it's hard for a rookie to be able to crack a rotation, and they just have so many guys in that position. But now... I don't really see anybody else that is right in line to just step in and take those, you know, 10 to 15 minutes a night that Nasir was playing. So I could see this being a big opportunity for Jabari Walker. Yeah, I love that idea. I mean, Walker, he's one of those guys, like, you watch him, and there's maybe not one specific thing that really jumps out at you, but he does everything pretty well. You can tell he just knows how to play the game. Like, wow, he's a pretty good passer for a big man, and okay, that was a nice shot there. Defensively, well, you know, he doesn't have the quickest feet, but he knows how to use them. Uh, He's looked really good, but you're right, it's been just a, a matter of opportunity. Uh, so I love that. How's have you had a chance to talk with him? How, where's his head at? I know he's not playing that much. Does he understand? You know, it's just a matter of look. You got to earn your time. You're a rookie. I haven't talked to him recently, but I was really impressed with him at summer league. We, you know, I was out there in Vegas for the first few days of summer league, and we got to talk to him a lot. And you know, uh, most of you don't know this, obviously, but his dad is Samaki Walker, who was a 10-year NBA veteran and, you know, was on a couple of those Shaq and Kobe Laker teams and played for the Mavericks for a while and was kind of a journeyman in the NBA. But, you know, he had a good, respectable 10-year career. And something Jabari Walker said that I thought was just an incredible amount of perspective and, you know, insight to have for a 19-year-old kid is that his dad taught him that when somebody says you're a role player, that's not an insult because that just means – you have other ways that you can impact the game from besides scoring and you can make a lot of money and stick in the league if you're willing to like work hard on defense and rebound and do all that kind of stuff, even if you're never going to be a featured scorer. And so the fact that a 19-year-old kid already kind of has that perspective and that self-awareness about his career makes me think that he's, you know, he, he knows what's going on. He knew coming into this situation that you know he's not getting drafted to a team that's tanking and is just going to play their young guys and let them play through all these mistakes. You know, the Shaden Sharp thing is a little bit of a different thing. But, uh, you know, somebody like Jabari Walker, like if he got drafted by like Houston or Oklahoma City, he would be probably starting right now or just getting a ton of opportunities. But on a team that's trying to make the playoffs, if you're a rookie, especially a second-round pick, you're not going to crack the rotation right away. But, you know, you have to be ready, you know, in case, you know, like something like this where, you know, this is your little injury. He's going to probably have to play regular minutes now. And from what we've seen in the sporadic minutes that he has, I think he's 
at least ready to fill that spot, if not more. Yeah, you mentioned Shaden Sharp. Uh, looks like he's maybe hit, hit the uh, rookie wall a little bit. But, man, every game he does something that makes you just sit up and go, whoa. I mean, even, even you know, a missed dunk, there have been multiples of those. I mean, I try not to get as a Blazer fan, and at my heart, I am a fan of this team. I have to fight it sometimes. So I try not to get too hyped on uh, some of the young players. But, man, he he's got so much potential. I mean, who do you, who do you comp them with just looking at the raw ability? Well, the obvious ones are the what the one, the ones that, that Chauncey Billups went with when he was asked about it are Brandon Roy and Vince Carter, which is pretty lofty, but you know what? I would tell you and I would tell any other fan, go ahead, get excited about <laughs> it. They, they haven't had a rookie like this. that like people are this excited about since really since Dame. Cause even CJ didn't really play that yeah. much his rookie year and he had the broken foot. And so it wasn't like, he comes in right away and he ends up being as good as he is, you know, right away his rookie season. So yeah, go ahead, get, you know, he's way for, you know, like you said, he, he has hit a little bit of a wall the last week or so. And we asked Chauncey about that on Tuesday. And he said that part of that is just that teams have him on the scouting report now. And he's not like coming out of nowhere and surprising people. And, you know, the players and coaches are knowing to look for him. And then he also just, because he's a 19 year old kid who hasn't, played you know high level competitive basketball in 18 months he still has some defensive mistakes and some stuff that he has to learn and that's contributed to some of the struggles but i'll tell you this he was way further along you know at the start of this season than i thought he was going to be because if you go back to that preseason he looked awesome in the game against Maccabi, which is not an nba team and he looked awesome in the game against the warriors g-leaguers when they weren't really playing any of their main guys but the games that they played against actual, you know, NBA level opponents and competition when teams were playing all their guys, he looked like he was pretty lost out there. And so I thought that it was going to take like until now or until maybe like halfway through the season or the all-star break or something like that for him to be able to be far along enough in his development that he would be able to actually be in the rotation every night. The fact that he's playing from night one, he's actually playing real minutes on a team that's trying to make the playoffs. And for the most part, like you said, he's hit a little bit of a wall recently, but he's been playing and he's been productive right away on a team that's trying to be good and isn't just tanking and developing young guys. Like, that's already more than I expected out of him right away. So, yeah, go ahead and get excited. About I love it, man. Sean Hyken from Rose Garden Report. Man, I, I love the format. I love the content. How's it been striking out on your own? Like, has anything surprised you in the pro? How long have you been doing it now? How many months has it been? Uh, about six months. About six it started months. at the week of the draft. Yeah. So, so just how has that process been? Is there anything that you didn't expect that you've sort of encountered, or uh, how's the whole process uh, been for you? It's been fun. It's a, been a little bit of a slow growth, and you know, it's it, I it needs to get to a different point as far as numbers. Mm-hmm. It's it's pretty similar to what you're. You know, the guy you're filling in for, John Canzano, has been doing, and he and I have talked a lot during this whole process, and he's given me a lot of really good advice about it. But, I mean, you know, I'm still kind of feeling it out. It's still feeling out, like, how much stuff do I put behind the paywall? How much stuff do I make available for free? The thing, that, if you want to just talk about, like, a, you know, maybe an administrative or technical thing that you didn't even think about, but and something that maybe I took for granted when I was working for, like, Bleacher Report or The Athletic or USA Today or whatever – those are real companies, and those companies pay Getty and the AP for oh, yeah. license for all their photos, and so they can just use whatever photos they want. I don't have the rights to that stuff, so I have to just use, like, either photos that I took 
where like I just like I'm at a game and I take a picture of the court from my phone. It's not going to be very good quality, or I use like a screenshot of YouTube or a screenshot of like somebody's social media. So that part of it is a little bit annoying. But overall, like the thing that I've enjoyed about it, I think the most is that I don't really have to like. There have been times when there have been you know reports that have come out about like oh well is Damian Lillard going to get traded here or here and I know that it's not a real thing but you know at other outlets that I've worked for because that's the kind of stuff that those outlets want and the stuff that they care about I still have to write on even though I know it's not a real thing that kind of stuff like I can just ignore that stuff if I want to now I don't think it's a real story I love it. Sean Hyken, I look forward to getting your content delivered directly to my inbox, man. Keep it up. It's fantastic work. I'll let you go. Enjoy the show tonight. We'll catch up soon, my man. Yeah, good to talk to you, man. Anytime. Sean Hyken, one of the best in the biz, man. Give uh, give Rose Garden Report a subscribe. I'll tell you, it's the best six bucks I spend a month sourced. And I mean directly sourced Trailblazers reporting right to my inbox, and you just heard it from him. He doesn't have to do clickbait garbage because it it draws eyeballs. He doesn't have to, well, here are the three trades. If Damian Lillard decides to go, they, he doesn't have to do that. Instead, he sits down and does a two-part long-form interview with Nasir Little and talks about his contract. Instead, he's at every home game and covering it from press row. It's fantastic stuff. I've been I've been reading Hiken a long time, going back to his work covering the Bulls with the Athletic. I am glad he's here. I went long on that one. Going to go away, come back on the other side. More sports talk ahead. It's the BFT.